No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where the Lord tells Samuel to go to Bethlehem and anoint a son of Jesse as king. God passes over Jesse's older sons and chooses David. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 16 on Simply the Bible. The Lord's ways are not our ways. And the Lord sees things that we just don't see. So we can't really judge God because, you know, we he does what he's going to do. And to judge him is a job beyond our pay grade. It's enough for us to know that God sees more than we do and that he's a lot smarter than us. Today, we're going to be introduced to a person about whom more is said than any other person in the Bible except Jesus Christ. And even Jesus is referred to as the son of David. So what was it about this shepherd boy that caught the attention of the Lord? And why would God take him from the sheepfolds to make him the king of Israel? Today we continue in 1 Samuel chapter 16. Now the Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go. I am sending you to Jesse the Bethlehemite. For I have provided myself a king among his sons. You know, there is a time for mourning. Jesus said, Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. And I am impressed, honestly, with people that have real tears over situations that warrant mourning. But there's also a time when we move beyond the mourning. We can't mourn forever. There's a time to move on because God is moving on and he wants us to move with him. Now, no doubt Samuel took to heart Saul's failure as king. Samuel was a spiritual mentor to Saul and Saul's failure when he rejected the the Lord's word and then the Lord rejected him. That failure felt like a loss for Samuel because Samuel had anointed Saul as king. But now the Lord told Samuel, How much longer are you going to mourn over him? I have rejected him. So it's time to move on. I have somebody else in mind and I want you to anoint him. So fill your horn with oil and go to Jesse who lives in Bethlehem for I've chosen one of his sons to be my king. And Samuel said, how can I go? If Saul hears it, he will kill me. But the Lord said, take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Then invite Jesse to the sacrifice and I will show you what you shall do. You shall anoint for me the one I name to you. So Samuel immediately detected a problem with God's plan. Have you ever questioned God's workings in your life? I mean, Saul was keeping a close eye on Samuel because Samuel had already told Saul that God had rejected him as king and was going to give the kingdom to his neighbor who was better than him. And Saul, as we would find out uh, later, was very jealous over anybody uh, taking the kingdom away from him. So no doubt Saul 
had his spies watching Samuel wherever he went. And Samuel was afraid that if Saul caught wind that he was anointing somebody else to be king, then that would be it and there would be no more Samuel. I think it's easy for us to forget that wherever God sends us, he will protect us. If we are walking with God, then guess what? We are indestructible until God is through with us. And if God is through with us, then why would we want to hang around here? I mean, when we could be with Jesus in heaven with the saints and angels, I mean, if God's done with us here, then take us home, right? So Samuel really had nothing to fear because God was with him. But he told Samuel, go to Bethlehem and offer a sacrifice and invite Jesse and his sons to the sacrifice. Saul won't suspect anything. I will show you what to do when you get there. And I'll show you the one whom I have chosen to be king. So Samuel did what the Lord said and he went to Bethlehem. And the elders of the town trembled at his coming and said, do you come peaceably? And he said, peaceably, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. So sanctify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. Now, it's kind of strange that the people of Bethlehem trembled when Samuel came to visit them. Why was that? Well, they must have known that there was a rift between Saul and Samuel. And if Samuel came to their town and they were following Saul, then they could get into trouble if they did what Samuel told them to do, you see. So they were probably scared of why Samuel was there and what he was going to have them do that might get them into hot water with Saul. But either way, whatever the reason was, their fear was unfounded. I find that so many times our fear is unfounded. We know that we're not all that we should be. We know that we fall short in many ways. And we think that God is against us. We think that he's waiting to punish us in some way. But the truth is that God is for us. He loves us so much that he sent his only son to die for us while we were yet sinners. I like to think God sent his son to die for me at my worst place in life. His perfect love casts out all fear. He waits for us, the Bible says, so that he can be gracious to us. So often, his word to us is, peace be to you. Now, before they could go to sacrifice with Samuel, the sons of Jesse needed to sanctify or to consecrate themselves. The word means to dedicate or to set apart oneself for the Lord. Often this would mean that they would wash themselves and then change their clothes. But it was more than that. There was a spiritual application. True consecration is a matter of the heart. It's setting our heart apart to seek God rather than the things of the flesh or the things of the world. It is possible that our worship can be a sham and we can be phonies. That was the problem in Isaiah's day when God spoke through the prophet and he said, these people draw near with their mouths and honor me with their lips, but have removed their hearts far from me. So before we offer our sacrifice, as it were, before we go to church and sing worship songs and put money into the offering and whatever else it is that we do, it would be wise for us to examine our hearts and make sure that we are sincerely devoted to God. And if not, that we repent first 
before bringing our offering. Get your heart right with God first. That's what it means to consecrate ourselves. So it was that when they came, then he looked at Eliab and said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at his appearance or at his physical stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel. And he said, Neither has the Lord chosen this one. Then Jesse made Shammah pass by. And he said, Neither has the Lord chosen this one. Then Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel. And Samuel said to Jesse, The Lord has not chosen these. And you wonder what Jesse's thinking at this point. You know, I thought you said you're going to choose one of my sons. Well, then Samuel, when Samuel anointed Saul, he observed that Saul was head and shoulders above the rest. Saul looked the kingly part in every way. He was like the superhero type. Now, Samuel was still impressed with physical stature. So when he saw uh, Eliab, the eldest, come before him, he thought, well, this has got to be the guy. But God told Samuel, don't you consider his physical stature. Man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. I think that's something for us to all remember. It's easy for us to judge things superficially and judge people on the outside. Everybody does it. We, we have our first impressions, and to a certain degree, those impressions influence our judgment. Since we can't see into the heart, often the outward appearance is all that we have to go on. But our judgments are so often inaccurate. So whenever possible, we should seek to probe beneath the surface to discover the true nature of a person, their history, their behavior, their motives. But God knows the truth about someone immediately because he alone searches the heart. He knows everything people have done, everything they've said and thought in their entire lifetime, and he knows everything they will do in the future. So God judges people by looking at their heart, and he is an excellent judge of character. God knew the hearts of each of Jesse's boys, but there was one heart that was qualified to be king. And Samuel said to Jesse, Are all the young men here? Then he said, There remains yet the youngest, and there he is keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, Send and bring him, for we will not sit down till he comes here. Now, Bible students think that David was about 16 years old at this time. Later, God would say to him, I took you from the sheepfold from following the sheep to be ruler over my people. God would call the leaders of his people shepherds. Through the prophet Jeremiah, the Lord would say, Woe to the shepherds who destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, says the Lord. So what better qualification to be ruler over the Lord's sheep than to be a shepherd? David would have the heart to protect and provide the sheep of Israel. Now picture yourself being David at 16, watching his father's flock. David had no idea that he was training to be king. And one day, a lion attacked the flock and took a lamb, and David went after it. He rescued the lamb from the lion's mouth, and when the lion turned and attacked him, he killed it. But David had no idea that this was preparation 
to be a giant slayer. And that is how it works. God is preparing the ones he elects in the ordinary affairs of life. You don't know, but that the mundane encounters you have today are preparing you for a wider sphere of ministry tomorrow. And that is one of the reasons why it's so important for us to be faithful in the little things. God is observing our behavior and he's searching our hearts. Verse 12. So he sent and brought him in and he was ruddy with bright eyes and good looking. And the Lord said, arise, anoint him for this is the one. Ruddy means red. So some interpret this as meaning that David had red hair. Others say it means that he had a fair complexion. Uh, Bright eyes can also be translated beautiful eyes. The point was David was was a good-looking young man, both inside and out. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel arose and went to Ramah. Now man judges according to appearance, but God judges the heart. We spend a lot of time and effort making sure that we look good before people. But do we put forth as much effort in making sure that our character is good before God? The Bible says that the eyes of the Lord search to and fro throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are perfect toward him. What do God's eyes see when they land on us? Who knows, but that God is choosing you for far greater things than you could ever imagine. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. Tomorrow we'll see where the Spirit of the Lord departs from Saul and a distressing spirit troubles him. But this is the occasion for David to enter the king's court. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of 1 Samuel on Simply the Bible. Simply the Bible